the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me. You know, it's funny, as you uh, listen to the regurgitation of a statistic like inflation, it's at a 40-year high. It's without the context, 40-year high. It, people don't remember 40 years ago. There's but a few of us that do. There was a, a massive difference. Number one, if you counted CPI, the way that they measured that inflation 40 years ago, this number that you think is big would be more than double. They have cooked that number to where the, the, the outrage should be that if you were measuring it to the same schematic that set the record during the Carter years, you would actually be twice as bad as Jimmy Carter. That's to give you some sort of a perspective. So we're going to glaze over it, though, because after all, it's, it doesn't mean anything to Americans anymore, right? Those Americans didn't have these kind of welfare-subsidized lifestyle that our Americans today have. So it's not that big of a deal. This is what people expect from Democrats. You expect this kind of failure. They cannot succeed in any arena of honesty, integrity, or capitalism. They need this corrupted, bastardized system. So what you're really going through isn't inflation. This is the transition. This is the American economic transition. This is when the government will become the only way you can survive, either through its contracts of corruption or its welfare structure and you being a rent seeker. That's how it's going to be in the future. So they need to cook that number to give you just a little outrage to show you ah, it's bad, but they don't want to really lift the curtain and show you just how bad it is. Because if you were to understand that the food that they're talking about is just Basic. It's just an introduction to the inflation we're about to experience. And we're in a, a year into this moron, a year into the usurper and the Marxist mafia. This is only, only the beginning. President Biden on December 10th said that he thought inflation was at its peak. The quote was, I think it's the peak of the crisis. Now you're asking somebody who's never done anything. This, this, this fraud, this plagiarist. This D student scumbag never worked a day in his life. He doesn't have a concept of inflation. He's never bought a gallon of gas. Think about that. For 50 years, the, the American people have been paying for his existence, and then he gets a check on top of it all. He's gotten the gas card. He's got the chauffeurs. He doesn't understand inflation. You might as well be saying uh, 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 happenstance it's just happenstance to him and what he's good at is lying so whatever he says is a lie of the moment he has no gravitas or understanding 
of the policies that have caused this. If he did, he couldn't call himself a Democrat. And by the way, that fits for the entire Democrat mafia. They have no understanding what made America great was that the government was anemic and meant to be that way. The government wasn't supposed to be centralized. It wasn't supposed to be the arbiter, the mitigator of the economy. It was supposed to sit there and shut the hell up. And when we had a disagreement and sued each other, it was supposed to help us iron it out. That's it. So this is just merely some growing pains in the transition of a Soviet America. It was not. And I remember very clearly our conversations over the summer when we were t- you were talking about inflation being transitory. It was not. Are you guys being clear-eyed enough about what is going on here? Absolutely. Clear-eyed is a, is a funny statement, clear-eyed, because what Joe Biden has shown us is that he's anything but clear-eyed. And if this country had any sort of standard for the people that would be put in positions of power, there would be cognitive tests. There would be drug tests. They would be the ones that are constantly monitored for behavior, for corruption, and for the rest of it. Instead, they walk around with absolute impunity. They can do anything they want. We have a man who is incapable in the position. So clear-eyed is a strange phrase because I don't think a one of these son of a dogs is clear-eyed. Not from the Speaker of the House, the Leader of the Senate, to the idiot that people are pretending is the president. Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing to recognize is that uh, our team, at, at the uh, insistence of the president, is focused on not just the month-to-month uh, ups and downs, but on the underlying trends. And there you have to appreciate the fact yeah, that Yeah, but GDP I'm talking goes... about underlying trends. The trends are yeah, not... Well, and... Go ahead. So that, and, and so that's the point. Mm-hmm. And that's another idiot, a political apparatchik, who got the job not because of knowledge, but because he's part of the Marxist mafia. He believes in that top-down collectivism that the modern-day Democrat also shares that belief system with the old Soviet. This is this is why they're in this position. No expertise, because there isn't an expert, aside from one that gets his income from the government, who would have sat idly by as the Democrats have destroyed everything they've touched. And rarely on the same day do you get a window into what's going to happen with the costs and what's going to happen to the future. After all, what happened when they seized control of health care? You lost 50% of doctors almost immediately. Now the statistics are closer to 60 if you go to the doctors prior to Obama seizing the, the health care system. You lost how many hospitals? Not just rural, but in urban. You, you, the quality of care is something that it's so bad, most of us have a hard time remembering how great it was before they decided to help us with the Affordable Care Act. So now, and this is thanks to another Republican, may he burn in hell, and I hope that his gravestone has a urinal cake on it, John McCain. Because he had a chance to pull us out of it. He, because he was an angry old man who wanted to fight with Trump, decided to screw the American people. So we are in this quagmire and there is no way out. Now Joe Biden, who was instrumental in destroying the health care system, because most people don't remember, he was the vice president to the original Che Guevara, who was president, Barack Obama. He was the vice president. He said, locked step. You remember when it, when it passed? This is a big effing deal. No, it's a big effing F up. That's what it is. That's what it is. And now this dimwit is here to rescue you. I want you to know that lowering the cost of prescription drugs is one of the reasons why I'm here with Abigail, your congresswoman. And that's what I want to talk about with you today. Lowering the cost of health care overall as well. 
lowering the cost of prescription drugs is important, and giving families like yours just a little bit more breathing room makes a gigantic difference. Before I get into that, I want to say uh, it's good to be here at uh, uh, Germana. Yeah, this is where he's good, and he can't remember where the hell he is or what day it is or what color shoes he has on. He can't remember anything, this stupid son of a... But all he can do is lie. A tale of, of utopia. It is going to be great. And my question is, how much of this will the American people take? His failure is epic, even with the bribery, even with the skullduggery in the economy. Epic. And now he's going to talk to you about rising costs. Pfizer owns your wrinkled ass. Pfizer owns all their wrinkled fat asses. Pfizer is America, along with a multitude of other big pharma conglomerates. That's the real cartel. So to protect, how 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 well did the the companies that colluded with Barack Obama do after the implementation of Obamacare? They had competition before. That's gone. You got what four insurance companies, all quasi government companies. Big Pharma has never made more money. There was far more competition before Obamacare. So first they create the corruption, the destruction, and now they're here to help you. What that means is they're going to spread it out even further, and it will be fewer companies. The only one that should be nervous are the companies that haven't bribed their lobbyists to bribe their politicians the most. Oh, and by the way, uh, Abigail, if I want to know anything about community colleges in Virginia, I go to my wife. Yeah, she's a fraud, too. Just like just like the other dimwit from Vermont's wife. How'd that work out? A little bank fraud. That's okay. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. She teaches full-time and has for the last nine years. She's in the classroom now at, at uh, Community College in Northern Virginia, Northern Virginia Community College. And she says, she says you know, the oh, single best-kept secret in America is community colleges. And it really yeah. is. The single best-kept secret in America is how you became worth hundreds of millions and your crack-smoking son. That's the single best secret in America. As for what you're going to do to the country, as kind of we have a window on what you did to health care, and it's going to end up pretty much the same. But the fact is that if we are able to do the things I'm talking about here, it will bring down the cost for average families. Bring down the cost for average families. I don't know why they keep moving all that, but the fact is they keep down the cost for average family they've been singing this song for 50 years yet the one thing they never do is bring down the cost of anything in fact if they even utter it plan on it getting more expensive i don't care what the hell it is if they if the the american democrat utters an industry's name expect that industry the cost to go up the quality to come down and the corruption to be systemic they are so flexible they can do so much so much and if I had more time, which I don't, for all of you, I'd thank I'm going God. To what we're going to try to do to increase the flexibility and the funding of community colleges. Oh, now we're on community colleges. I thought it was health care. It's great to be here with Abigail, with Congress. Where's Jill? Where's the Secret Service? In every chapter of her career, in every chapter, she's always been about one thing service. Service. I also want to thank Mark Warner and Tim Kaine, your senators here, good friends. and worked closely with man so many things when I was a senator and now as president and when I was vice president. But they needed me in Washington today because there's votes in the Senate. I also want And that's the other thing. There's votes in the Senate. Well all this is going on, the apparatchiks of the mafia are getting into extremely high places in the bureaucracies throughout our country. 
This is nothing but a distraction play. We all know that Joe Biden doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. We all know that Joe Biden never did a damn thing in his life for the benefit of anybody other than the Biden crime family. We all understand that. This is a distraction. And what's happening happening now is the new normalization. And after crisis, with a violent change of of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. So do not expect inflation to mean anything to these people. It means nothing. This is the transition from the USA to the USSA. And they've got the power and they're packing the bureaucracies. And Joe Biden doesn't know what to do other than put lipstick on the pig when asked about anything. The fact is that we're in a situation now where, uh, um, you know, you should have peace of mind. I know food prices are up and we're working to bring them down. As I said, I grew up in a family where the price at the pump went up, you filled it. And I understand. But these things are necessities. We're working to bring down prices where they're not totally what the families, in fact, uh, have to pay now. And until they impeach him, until the Democrat Marxist mafia is thrown out of Congress, the Senate, and the White House, this is as good as it's going to get. So that whole talk you were hearing about the roaring 20s, how great everything was, yeah, throw that in the back burner and prepare to just survive because that's the most you can do when a Democrat scumbag is in charge of anything. Your days of thriving, over. Now it's surviving. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. AM560, the answer. You know, for some reason, people have a hard time connecting the failures, who's committed them, and who you're turning to to help you solve them. This is a walking embarrassment, let alone a president, let alone a man, let alone somebody who has an expertise in anything. This does not raise anyone's... If you're making less than $400,000, you're not paying a single penny more in taxes. Just keep saying the same BS. That's why you got to love a Democrat. All At the end of the failure, all you have to do is say, we're giving you more money. We're giving you more money. There's more corruption. Sickening. Disgraceful. And it's got a bright future in the USSA. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. Um, you know, inflation is what, about 8% now, something like that, since 1982 well, there, or something? If you measured it the way that they're, you know, this is, the, this is the real thing that aggravates the hell out of me. They talk about inflation uh-huh. in the 70s with no actual comparison. The comparison has been frauded. And they're saying it's AM the highest it's been the since the 70s. They're saying 7.5%. If you use those mm-hmm. same schematics, you would be at about 17%. But they don't use those schematics anymore. They cook it. They back it out. They use only a small portion of of housing costs. They don't use real rents. They use the landlord uh, nationwide rent rather than the individual rent. So if you're in New York, you're paying a lot more than you are in Omaha, that type of thing. They fraud the books because this is the kind of thing that they've always done. How else could you put asleep a country? so that you allow the government to accumulate more in debt than the money in the world. If you seized all the money in the world, we couldn't pay off our debt and our obligations. Oh, no way. It's just a fraud. It is. And, you know, I opened my heating bill last week, and I looked at the total, and I thought, 
oh my God, did I miss last month's payment? And I know that I didn't. And I looked through and I said, no, I, you know, I, it was there. It was, it was, and, but it was doubled and I didn't do anything differently. It was doubled. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Teresa, what do you think those companies gave the, the, the Democrat mafia in Chicago all that money for? They yeah. gave it for them so they could have this increase, so they could Absolutely. have this kind of control and this monopoly. They bought these son of a dogs. Least you could do is pay the cost. You know, right. I mean, after all, we could pretend we gave them a fine, and then what we'll do that when they have to pay the fine is raise your rates. That's how it works in Chicago. That's the Democrat way, baby. Thank you, Teresa. It is. Enjoy the Democrat mafia, Matt South Bend. Sean, I appreciate you. You're you're speaking to the choir here. You're preaching on it. I left uh, South Bend because I lost uh, some job opportunities and been traveling to Hobart and found you guys ever since. Oh, thank you. Uh, right now, gas prices and all that I've been working, I've been driving a Prius for the last 10 years. And I just want to ask you, you know, there is something about uh, President Biden. You know, over the next four years, if it happens, what he would look like at the end of his term, because I know every president changes <laughs> in that amount of time. So... I'm he gonna looks let like you go. I'm on the way home on 94. All right, Matt. He looks like Monty Burns now. Is he going to look like the Crypt Keeper by the time it's over? It could be, but I can't imagine him getting much worse. Although I've noticed something, the Democrats are—they're uh, not so good looking. Not much of them. Not many of them. Aside from the ones in Hollywood, they prove beyond the shadow of a doubt beauty may be skin deep, but as Gigi Sohn has showed us, ugly is to the bone. David in Lansing. Hey, Sean, uh, I have something that's going to add to the inflation caused by Democrats. Um, we have three major oil producers. Russia's in the top five. We have problems over there. I'm sure that's adding oil prices. Canada's in the top five. We have a transportation problem up there. I put problem in quotes. And then the um, uh, United States, I think, is still in the top five oil producers. I don't know if they kicked us down to six or not, but due to the Democrats and Congress, we, we fell, but we have three large oil producers. Venezuela was the largest. What did they do to themselves? They we're following I the lockstep, so. the, the bad policies that have destroyed countries that were rich in natural resources. We're following the philosophical policies that have t- torn countries really to their foundation. We are following the, the, the schematic to failure and bankruptcy, all led by professional liars and whores, who can tell their constituents, don't worry, it'll be better. And the Democrats prove they're either stupid enough or corrupt enough to buy it every single time. So to think that you're going to change things by listening to the same people, refusing to implement the rule of law, refusing to recognize the corruption in their already made schemes like Obamacare. Listen to me. Obamacare proved those insurance companies, along with Blue Cross and Blue Shield and, and, and numerous providers, should be imprisoned. Instead, their, 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 their benefits, their, their golden parachutes have never been bigger numbers. The people have never paid more. And here we are again. He's going on tour telling you he's going to help you. It doesn't work. It's never worked. The problem is the American people still are buying the Soviet dream. There's too many Americans that are corrupted ideologically that do not have a, an understanding of exactly how efficient things worked before Obamacare. They have no understanding. You talk to a kid today, he has no understanding. All he wants is more for less, more for less. He doesn't care about the quality. And as you're bossed around by these bureaucrats, that's what government control of anything looks like. 
So it's just a matter of time before the economy is sit down and shut up. You'll eat what we feed you. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560. No, it's interesting when you um, talk about why. Why would they do this? Why would they do this? Because in the philosophy of, uh, of a socialist, of a Keynesian, Keynesian himself, although bastardized his philosophy still, ultimately, when it was pointed out that this kind of an economy, this kind of scheme where the government is in control of things ultimately fails, when asked how would it end, he said, who cares, we're dead. So this is something that shows an utter contempt for the future of your nation. An absolute contempt. These politicians, no wonder, they're all hanging off of a grave. They could give a rip about the kids, about the future. There is no future under a Democrat regime. None. James and Schomburg. Yeah, I was thinking about this uh, mafia scumbag governor of ours. He's taking lessons from Tony Soprano, I think. He's such a pathological scumbag. I wish Tony. Yeah, but he Tony would go around, he'll lift the mask mandates. He'll lift the mask mandates for everybody else except the kids. And what does a mafia scumbag do? He threatens your children, threatens to hurt your children, or actually hurts your children. And that's what this little scumbag's doing. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, after all, kids don't vote. It's kind of like teachers' unions. They'll care about the kids when they start to pay dues. Thank you very much, James. I appreciate it. Very frustrating. And that's just the reality of it. But the frustration is something that. For some reason, adults in this country get used to. I mean, the adults aren't really sticking up for anything. They're not cer- certainly not sticking up for kids. They're not sticking up for right or wrong. They're not sticking up for lawfulness. In fact, if it was about lawfulness, wouldn't half of these people be in prison? You know, Chuck Schumer has been a political whore for half a century as well. Chuck Schumer's 1984 was elected. What good has Chuck Schumer really done unless, of course, you bribed him to New York? He's been very, very good to New York. He's been very, very good to his pet projects and very, very good to Democrat voters. And that's where his agenda is. After all, that's another reason he's cheering. $50 billion. $50 billion. That used to mean something. You know, a billion dollars is a thousand million. And that's the kind of money we're going to throw into something called the post office. Do you really need a post office anymore? Yesterday, Mr. President, by a margin, a large margin of 342 to 92, Congress took the first steps towards creating the most important upgrade to our post office in decades by passing a bipartisan reform package that's been years in the making. With an overwhelmingly bipartisan vote in the House, it is my intention for the Senate to quickly take up and pass this bipartisan bicameral postal reform bill. We hope to take action here on the floor and pass the bill before we go to the President's Day recess. The post office is quite simply one of the most important institutions of American life. Is it? Is it one of the most important? It seems to be the most incompetent. And I say this, I had an uncle who was a postman. Really, Uncle Louie. He was the best. He used to get done with his shift early all the time. He'd come and take me for ice cream. I remember he had the blue outfit on. Proud of him. He used to walk constantly. But he was done very, very quickly. In fact, he almost had half the day off for about 30 years. That's when the post office was needed, though. It's before the Internet, the World Wide Web. That was before the success of UPS, FedEx. We have alternatives. I mean, after all, if it wasn't for the collusion between Amazon and and the government, would the post office be in existence anymore? 
All they do is lose money. They lose about $8 billion a year. And uh, the answer is we're going to rescue them, aside from paying the $9 billion a year, because they're essential in our lives? Every day, tens of millions of Americans, veterans, small businesses, uh-huh. people living in rural communities, seniors, rely on the Postal Service for their medicines and prescriptions, for getting essential goods, for voting, for correspondence, for their... There it is, for voting. I mean, it's always 1952, right? It's like a Norman Rockwell painting while this gargoyle's talking. The post office is wonderful. They keep Aunt B informed. They keep Andy Griffith informed. They keep everybody happy. The post office is wonderful. Where would we be without the post office? Well, we'd be about, I don't know, a trillion dollars richer. Livelihoods and to get close to one another on special occasions like birthdays and anniversaries and things like that. Yeah, there's nothing that says I love you like sticking something in a mailbox that isn't going to get there for a month and a half. I love you. Happy birthday last month. But nevertheless, our postal service has needed reform for over a decade. Hmm. Its budgets are severely strained. Uh Its delivery services are overwhelmed. And the disruptions unleashed by the Internet have made it harder for it to meet its obligations to the American people and to its own employees. But its employees are strong Democrats. Do you think that the uh, the postal employees, do you think that they uh, vote for anything but Democrats? And you understand why they give them that cushy job. Endless, endless money, no matter how inefficient they are, no matter how much they stink. It's about the money and the voting. And then when you need them. You know, with the ballot harvesting, they got your back there. There's no question about that. Every one of us has heard objections about letters arriving far too late. In many instances, whether they be checks that people depend on for their livelihoods or prescription drugs or whatever, this is because this, these complaints are growing and growing and growing. The bipartisan postal... Do, do, does anyone complain when, when UPS sends something or FedEx? I don't complain. In fact, when I click a little something, if I order something online, boom, two days there. If I put something in the mailbox, I got a good chance it's going to get stolen or robbed or just lost, thrown in the garbage, put in some sort of a storage facility. Reform bill offers a much needed reset. It'll guarantee delivery services continue six days a week. It will put the post Turn office the on a yeah, path, this is tough to keep track path of. back towards solvency. And it will guarantee voter fraud in perpetuity. It will ensure that we take care of our dedicated postal workers while also saving the post office over $50 billion. No, no, no. You're just giving them the money. But you're bribing them, aren't you? Because after all, we know what the post office really is. May I help you? Yeah, I'd like to cancel my mail. Certainly. How long would you like us to hold it? I want out permanently. (laughs) I'll handle this, Violet. Why don't you take your three-hour break? Calm down, everyone. No one's canceling any mail. Oh, yes, I am. Well, what about your bills? The bank can pay them. The bank? Mm. Well, what about your cards and letters? Email, telephones, fax machines, FedEx, Telex, telegrams, holograms. All right, it's true. Of course nobody needs mail. No, but the mailbox, the postman, they need the Democrats, and they swear loyalty. And after all, they're going to need that loyalty. How else could they win these elections? Not because they're good at something. Not because they make the life of the American citizen any better. You have to go through the transition. It's going to be painful. But once you get normalized, it'll all be worth it. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis. 
to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. That was the 70s, too. You see the difference? Back then, we knew right from wrong. We had adults in the room, and we prevented Jimmy Carter from destroying the country. The modern-day moron slash Democrat, he elected a dimwit who even in the 70s was stupid and wrong, and even then, I think, was incontinent. I'm pretty sure there were wet socks in the 70s. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. AM560, The Answer. Here we get some people mad. I totally understand it. Like I said, I had an uncle who was a mail carrier. Back in the 50s to the 80s, there's no need. You're leaving them around. I mean, if we were going to save anything, it should have been the operators. I loved Ernestine, Lily Tomlin. Loved it. The industry has gotten, we have no need for the post office. We can privatize everything. In fact, they can't stand up to competition. Cannot stand up to competition. If it wasn't a subsidized government entity, it could not exist. Kind of like Amtrak and the rest of it. But those are the most loyal voters to a big government, a bloated government, a government that promises to give them a little more for a little less. That's what it looks like when government's involved in something as simple as sending something somewhere. Andy, Northwest Indiana. Hey, Sean. I like your program, but I have to disagree with you today. The post office is one of only two government agencies that's actually mentioned in the Constitution. Congress shall uh, create a system of post offices and post roads. Well, they also mentioned the deficit- they also mentioned a lawful, law-abiding judicial system that's mentioned in the Constitution. Yet we have crooks that are a representation. So things well, they have a change. Can't have everything. Can't have uh, everything. regarding the regarding the deficit. Uh, the mo- the biggest part of that comes from. The, uh, an act that was passed in 2006 by Congress, which requires the post office to pre-fund retiree health benefits. And it's sort of like making you get a 30-year mortgage and then telling you you have to pay it off in 10 years. That's $5.5 billion a year. If it weren't for those losses, the post office would actually be showing a profit. Well, it's, uh, it's, interesting, though, it's interesting, though, Andy. Your point is interesting, but you do, you do realize there's a reason they did that before they passed government health care, which has shot up the, the health care costs 400%. So they, they in other I, words, I, tethered you to that failure. And you may be right, which is why the Postal Service and other people who are tethered to the failure of government health care should have put up a bigger fight against it, because now what you're doing is taking us all down with that anchor. And whether it's well, you, all you can argue on, your, your whole argument really sustains on the fact that it's tradition. It's not necessity. It, it cannot hold up to competition. We have other alternatives. We have the Internet. We all use email. You all do, you do your banking online, the vast majority of people. There's very few people who do the old-fashioned way that when there was a necessity. There was a necessity. I agree with you. There is no longer. You must adapt and change and cut your costs because now all it is is a black hole of cost. And here's the other thing. You were in the post office. How many non-Democrats did you work with? Uh, I don't know because we, we weren't supposed to be talking about politics, but I can tell you this. 
I'm a 50-year member of the National Association of Letter Carriers, and I have never voted for a Democrat for president in my life. And I've You're been a voting standout. since 1972. You're, You're I voted for Donald Trump both times he ran. I wish he would have won. I think the election was stolen. Me too. Uh, regarding competition, uh, you're probably not aware of the fact, but both UPS and FedEx drop off parcels at the local post offices every day for what's called the final mile because they don't want to do residential deliveries. The post office reaches every residence, every address in the United States every day would you, would you, at a price that is reasonably affordable. Well, because it's subsidized. It's not really affordable if it was to show its true cost. It couldn't, it couldn't show that. Otherwise, people would demand that it stop. But I want to ask you this. When you worked was a while ago, would you say that today's post office especially in these in these Democrat hubs. What would you say the makeup is of the postal carriers and the Democrat uh, allegiance by those postal carriers? That's a good question. I honestly don't know. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I, I know. You gave people, you gave me information, right? We can all think about it, but ultimately we have to make a decision. And if they're lying to us about the cost because they know they're subsidized, they know they have politicians in their pocket, then there is an allegiance to those politicians, Andy. And I think it explains a lot of our problems. I do appreciate the call, and I appreciate you listening. Uh, Neil LaGrange, I don't have much what time. What do you kid. say, Sean? Good. Hey, no worries. Got? Hey, listen, my sister runs a business. Um, one of her vendors sent sent the you know paid their bill mailed the check to them she yeah. never got them turns yeah. out a postal worker was stealing stealing her checks uh whitewashed them yeah. cashed them yeah they found out Boy, who that, it was that's po- probably why you don't want to put ballots in there either you probably don't want to put ballots in those things but i could be i'm pessimistic i'm a rabid realist we'll be back after this from the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. One of the true blessings and benefits of this job is I get to talk to people I've admired for years. My next guest is one of those people. He's more than an author. He's an investigative reporter. His books are more than informative. They're indictments of the only systemic problem this country has, corruption. He's, uh, he attacks both parties, which is why I love him. I think we need to do that more and more. And his latest book, I am engrossed with his name is peter schweitzer thank you so much peter for joining me i truly appreciate it oh absolutely Uh, it's great to be on with you thanks for having me so i mean you you really had me with the clinton cash profiles and corruption secret empires phenomenal but this red hand thank you this is this is uh i mean let why aren't they grabbing him out by his wet trousers now and 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 and, and beaching him (laughs) i don't understand Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, I first uh, exposed uh, the Biden's dealings in China back in uh, 2018 in my book, Secret Empires. And I thought it was a pretty straightforward story about cronyism and corruption. And then we got access to the Hunter Biden laptop and we also got access to uh, the email account of one of Hunter Biden's business partners. And what we discovered is 
who actually made those deals happen in China and how much money they actually got. And the story took a very dramatic turn. Uh, and what we have now is a situation where the Biden family has taken in some $31 million uh, from Chinese businessmen, all of whom have ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. And so it's no longer a story uh, about cronyism and corruption. It's, it's a story that goes to the heart of the fundamental question that, you know, are the Bidens compromised? And I think there's pretty serious evidence that they are. In fact, what's astonishing is that the FBI has had this hard drive for two years. It's astonishing to me. Yeah. Now, you know, this show is broadcast in the Marxist mafia, Democrat mafia hub of Chicago. So if anybody has a tolerance for it, I mean, we, we our guys, our gangsters are tiny. They're, you know, Mike Madigan, he's a short little guy. When he walks into a restaurant, he's cheered as if he was Pavarotti. This is the kind of acceptance for Democrat corruption we have here. But what you what you've exposed, in fact, is the idea that his son, who on the weekends was really living a lifestyle of drug addiction and hookers and chaos, the whole time obtaining contracts that no one can give me an explanation for. His expertise, did he have a proprietary trading system, why the Bank of China wanted to give him $1.5 billion? I mean, shouldn't this the FBI be doing more than whatever it is the hell they're doing? Yeah, no, I think they should. Um, you know, we know that in 2018, about five, six months after the book came out, the FBI uh, launched an investigation connected to a federal grand jury that had been convened. Uh, but that was 2018. We're going on almost four years. That grand jury, uh, my understanding, is still continues to meet. We also know that in 2019, uh, the IRS subpoenaed Hunter Biden's records with uh, J.P. Morgan, where he did some of his financial dealings, and they subpoenaed all the financial uh, transactions involving the Bank of China. Uh, that was in 2019, so that's you know going to be three years ago in in in, a, in several months. So yes, the the efforts have been made there. The question is 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 there really a stomach among prosecutors to prosecute this, and is there really a desire? Uh, among people on Capitol Hill to actually look at this. And the the evidence seems to be that there's not. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. And what your book proved to me is that you went through a litany of politicians in very strategic places, from Diane Feinstein with her speed racer hairdo to post-op Pelosi, her husband. You're talking serious money. And then you even threw in old lady face Mitch McConnell, which I loved, because I, I, I didn't think his wife was with him for his strong jawline or his manly ways. It appears <laughs> that these are true crime families with individual wealth that can only be calculated in the high tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So how are we having these politicians protect the American people when they are bought and paid for like the politicians in Don Corleone's pocket in The Godfather? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, China has a strategy. Uh, they call it elite capture. Uh, and it's pretty genius if you think about it. Elite capture is simply the idea that instead of going head to head with the United States, who they are explicit in saying is their chief rival, if not enemy on the global stage, uh, instead of going head to head, we're just going to buy off their leadership. We're going to effectively lobotomize them. Um, and we're going to have the leaders so enamored with the deals, the financial uh, deals that we give them, the wealth that they're generating because of their ties to us, 
that that's going to give us leverage and it's going to make them less inclined to want to take a hard line against us. And uh, they've been masterful at it. You've got the top politicians in Washington. You've got some of the big players on Wall Street and some of the big players in Silicon Valley. And it's a genius strategy. The problem is it leaves America, us, high and dry because we have a leadership that is self-dealing, self-serving, uh, willing to look the other way when it comes to China uh, because it's making them very wealthy to do so. And I think they rely on our aggravation and our disgust. And when I say they, I mean the, the, the culture of, pol- of corruption that is our politics. It's both yeah. parties. And what you prove in this book is this is something that the, the, the Ch- communist Chinese have also hedged themselves. They've been buying the Bush family for quite a while. Neil Bush is just as crooked as Nancy Pelosi's moron husband. Uh, did you find something that shocked you when it came to who the good guy is? Is there a good guy anymore, or is it just Peter Schweitzer and the people who uh, are victims of this corruption? Well, I think uh, obviously the good guys, I, I think, are the American people. And I do in the last chapter of the book, I really do want there to be a bipartisan effort to deal with this, to address China the fact that they're buying off on our elite. So I, I, I came up with a list of people on both sides of the aisle who have been uh, pretty good on China. So, you know, among the Democrats, it's uh, Joe Manchin, it's uh, Senator Coons of Delaware, and uh, it's Senator Warner from Virginia. All three Democrats all have been rock solid when it comes to China. Uh, among the Republicans, uh, you have Ted Cruz, you have Rand Paul, uh, you have Senator um, Rick Scott from Florida. The point is there are some good people out there that seem to be, you know, unless they change, unless they get turned, seem to be pretty solid on China. And on the basis of that, we have got to try to build a coalition because otherwise, you know, we will lose this race. Um, we will lose this competition. China means to win it. And if our leadership uh, is going to close these deals and basically engage in aiding and abetting the enemy, we will certainly lose this race, and it's not even going to be close. In your dealings when you were investigating Hunter Biden, were you, I I mean, I have to tell you, I was surprised to see that he had dealings with Russia. He had dealings with the Ukraine. He has dealings with China. Is there any other countries that have bought this drug addict? Well, there there are dealings in in Romania. He wanted dealings in Kazakhstan. I mean, you know, you look at all these names, and uh, the bottom line is he's not going to Tokyo. He's not going to London. He's not going to Munich. He's going to uh, (laughs) countries that have political cultures that are deeply corrupt. It should also be pointed out that, you know, the two mainstays uh, were Ukraine and China, uh, where he set up shop in both countries, uh, were countries where his father, as vice president of the United States, was the point person appointed by Barack Obama himself, the point person for U.S. policy. And it was shortly after his father was appointed to those positions that Hunter Biden quite literally went there and set up shop. And the way they've done it has been quite ingenious because Hunter Biden you know, has collected this money uh, from around the world, the veritable United Nations of corrupt countries. And Joe Biden says, I haven't taken a dime of foreign money. And I guess in a way that's technically true. But what happens is that Hunter Biden pays his father's bills. And this is one of the things that comes out in the laptop. Um, You know, he's paying his monthly bills. He's paying uh, for renovations on the home in Delaware. So when Joe Biden says, I didn't take a dime of foreign money, what he is doing is 
taking lots of money from his son who got it from foreign sources. So it's, it's really an a, a evil genius kind of approach. Other Biden family members have benefited as well. We know that uh, Joe Biden's brother, James Biden, got $2 million of Chinese money. So uh, this is the, the rub. They are very sophisticated in the way they do this, even though Hunter obviously has the image of the, the drug addiction and the personally reckless behavior. Uh, they have been very shrewd in the manner in which they have carried this out. It should also be noted that you know, when Hunter Biden started doing these deals, uh, he went to the extraordinary step of going to the Secret Service and telling them, I do not want you traveling with me when I go overseas, which is a pretty remarkable request, which the Secret Service is required to uh, honor. Uh, and they've confirmed that they honored that request. So, you know, how much of that was because he was doing drugs and he didn't want federal law enforcement to know that? How much of that was the sorts of people he was dealing with? He didn't want them to know that either. Who and knows? Then, but And then I also learned from ahead. your book, they have a Secret Service agent that is now a consultant for the Biden team. So they've obviously corrupted a Secret Service agent. And, you know, this is something that I learned from your books long ago when you started with Clinton Cash and Profiles in Corruption, Secret Empires. It appears to me, a layman who grew up in, a, in an old Chicago neighborhood where the FBI used to drive around with a van and a dish on it to catch old bookmakers. This is how it used to be. We used to call them forever bothering Italians. Yet the, the organized cr- crime of the, of the Democrat mafia worked right under their noses right across the street from them. As, you, as I read your books, they are literally indictments of, a, of corruption. There's no question about it. You prove it beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yet here we sit. So is it in fact possible that our authorities themselves have been corrupted by these very powers, whether they're self-enriching themselves because of a cushy job or a cream puff pension, or the fact of the matter is there's, you're talking billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars that have been spread around within our government to legitimize fraud, legitimize corruption, when the reality is when I get done with one of your books, I light a cigar up. I say 80 percent of these son of a dogs have to be arrested tomorrow. I can't get over the fact of how it's systemic and how deep rooted this is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. And, yeah, I think some of them are corrupted. Uh, they're very successful. You mentioned they hired a Secret Service agent as a consultant. One of the things that uh, Hunter Biden did when he was doing deals in Romania is he bought, brought in to the deal, a very lucrative deal, uh, a guy named Louis Free, who was the former head of the FBI, who's now runs a private consulting firm. Uh, Louis Free obviously still has a lot of friends in the FBI. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a part of it. I think also, you know, the FBI, I, I know some of the people that do the work in the field. Uh, they're working hard. They're diligent. The question is, what happens at the higher political levels? Um, and that's where I think you run into the problems. And particularly when it comes to the prosecutors at the Department of Justice, they seem very loath to take on established political figures who have been there uh, for a long time. Um, and that's unfortunate because that's really where you need them. I mean, I think the point you make is, is a very good one. Uh, going after the, the small fish, uh, the ones that are easy to catch, is not what we ultimately want from the FBI and uh, from our criminal justice system. We want the big fish that are hard to catch but that are more dangerous and more menacing. Those are the ones that we want them to really focus their time and attention on, and they just don't seem to be willing to do it. 
Maybe if we start with a Republican, everybody will get in on it because everybody hates the Republicans. Maybe if you start with Mitch McConnell, because that is a that is a a damning stat, how wealthy his in-laws are, how they they gain their wealth primarily after the marriage. And the, and the, and really, how could you attribute it to any other thing than government favoritism? How convoluted our our economy is with China, how we underwrite a lot of this corruption. So when you're done with these books. How much time do you take off so you don't rip your own hair out? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, it's a good question. Um, this book's been out for a couple of weeks. It's had a great response, and I will continue to promote this for a while. And then I'll take a little bit of downtime. But, you know, my mind is always thinking um, because you have to really uh, – these these research projects take a long time. This This took me 18 months worth of research, and I have a team of 12 to 13 researchers working on this. So that's how vigorous we are. And you have to anticipate down the road uh, what you believe the, the big story should be uh, and will be. Uh, so there's not a lot of time for rest. Uh, I love what mm-hmm. I do. I'm passionate about what I do. I think it's important. Um, so, yeah, I'll take a little bit of downtime, but um, I will keep pressing ahead. And it's strange for me to say people always kind of laugh at it. But in a way, I'm really an optimist at heart because I see the reception that this information gets from the American people. And and my message to them is, you know, don't lose faith, don't lose heart. That's exactly what the corrupt political class wants you to do. They want you to be discouraged. They want you to throw your hands up and, and, and give up. That's exactly not what we need to do. We need to keep pressing ahead. I love that. And the reality is we are but a policy away from fixing all of this. If we could just figure out that we need to implement the rule of law, even among the politicians who are supposed to make it, that's how you solve it. And you can solve it tomorrow. I think we're one election away from getting an honest president who throws out all the corrupt bureaucrats that have destroyed the rule of law in our country. And I think your books are what help it. I want to tell you, I've been a big fan for years. I love your work. Please keep it up. I'm going to pretend you gave me a signed copy. I'm just going to forge your name and then say it was you. Okay? (laughs) Great. Well, uh, I'll be glad to send you a signed one, too. I really appreciate the encouragement, and uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Peter Schweitzer, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM 560, The Answer. All right, so we're going to – I got a lot of people mad at me with the mail, but I understand – did I not start off by saying my one of my favorite uncles was a postman? I get it. It, has, it doesn't have anything to do with the individual issues here. It has to do with the overarching picture of right versus wrong. It's very similar to how we could fix the situation in our government. We all know that it's wrong to have favoritism in law. See, government isn't an entity. It's just people made up with all of their failures, with all of their corruption, with all of their temptation. This is the point we're at. We have decided in this country that we are going to allow certain people to lie, cheat, and steal. We're going to allow it. And the answer isn't to make it stop. It's to spread it out. And that's what you see the problems in the urban areas. Now they're just going to spread out what, what is how we're going to legalize wrongdoing. We're going to legalize criminality. How are we going to do it? We're going to pick winners and losers. We're going to pick favoritism. So it's, it, it can really be boiled down to a very, very simple story. There was a story I didn't get to yesterday, and it's about the theft ring that has destroyed the city of Chicago. And I want you to listen to this. If I could hit it. Why can't I hit it, Georgie? Can you hit a button so I could hit my stuff? Hit the theft ring for some Up right now, Stacey Abrams, candidate in Georgia's no, Democratic no, 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 gubernatorial. Okay, here it is. 
Following Sorry. more breaking news this evening, Chicago police say they have arrested the alleged ringleader behind a series of smash-and-grab robberies on the Mag Mile and across the city's north side. WGN's Julian Cruz live at Chicago Police Headquarters with more on that. Julian. Micah Police Superintendent David Brown joined by Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox. Brown says that the alleged smash and grab uh, robber, robber or, or burglar is uh, believed to have stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise along with their crew, but they are also suspected in dozens of other burglaries across the city and suburbs. So I want you to just to catch that for a minute. He's already stole hundreds of thousands of dollars that they know about. He's also gotten away with numerous crimes, therefore stealing more money, more money. Listen to the penalty. Harper, at the time of his arrest, had four active warrants for his arrest, three in Cook County and one in Lake County. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown says the alleged smash-and-grab ringleader to Corey Harper is suspected in dozens of other burglaries in the city and suburbs. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox says Harper went before a judge today. Defendant Harper appeared in bond court earlier today. He was given a bond of $200,000. He was given a bond of $200,000? He's got four priors that he's out on. He stole millions of dollars. You gave him a bond of 200000 which means he has to come up with twenty grand. That's the kind of money he carries in his pants pocket. That's the penalty? So you have legitimized thievery, not disincentivized it. And it goes down the trail. But does it go down or does it go all the way up to the White House? All the way up to little Dick Durbin and his very portly wife, the lobbyist. All the way up to the Congress birthing peoples and other. See, what you've done is you've turned over law to criminals. And I don't just mean the ones that are robbing stores. I mean the criminals in their suits. The criminals in their scarves, their Versace scarves. The criminals that pretend to be Congress people and senators and presidents. That's the real crime. And until you stop that crime, this street crime, this will go on too. If they know one of the Congress people, one of the senators, or one of the prosecutors with a peanut-shaped head like Kim Fox. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. AM560, the answer. What's the difference between a Democrat stronghold city and a non-Democrat? It is the acceptance of crime. Because the politicians who are making the rules are themselves corrupted. Sorry, that's just the truth. That's what explains every Democrat area, everyone sharing the same exact problems. The politicians are crooks. They're not interested in catching crooks. They're interested in not getting caught. There was a, um, a discussion yesterday outside of the Capitol. It was done uh, when asked Democrat prosecutors, soft on crime, Democrat Representative Val Demings. I want you to hear what she said, because I think it's actually... It's so preposterous, it makes me laugh out loud. Should the DAs actually be prosecuting these criminals now? Police are doing their jobs, but it seems like the DAs aren't following through. But you know what? What I'm hearing you say is that we might need to have a round table or bring some DAs in and talk to them. <laughs> She's saying the politician, the, I can't even get it up. The police are arresting the criminals. But when they bring them to the Democrat 
corrupt DAs. They're not prosecuting them. When confronted with this absolute undeniable truth, she says, what I hear you say is we need to bring them in and have a roundtable. That is such a lie and such a thing of beauty that you almost have to stand back with admiration and say, they're going to get away with it in perpetuity. After all, that's how you got this Joe Biden as president. This crooked bastard has been robbing for 50 years. The whole thing. My son is my son is a, an investment banker. He's on an oil company. It started when he sat on the board of Amtrak so that Amtrak would get their payoff, their subsidy, because they couldn't exist either. Can't exist without government sustenance. So the whole damn thing is corrupted. And until you arrest the big fish, the little fish are just going to cause more and more problems. Alan, that's right. It is two juveniles being charged in this case, a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old. Now, I'm told that 16-year-old will be charged as an adult facing first-degree murder charges along with vehicular hijacking charges. David, Superintendent David Brown does believe this was a targeted shooting that happened of Michael Brown. Police say the 16-year-old suspect stole a car earlier in the day. And then around 3.15, he got out of that car and shot Michael Brown, who was just walking home from the Chicago Military Academy. Police say the 16-year-old offender then got back in the car and allegedly fled with the other suspect. Officers later found that car using... By the time they're done, he'll be the victim. The shooter will be the victim of virtue. It's the sewer of Chicago, baby. And this kid's going to get away with it. Because ultimately, he'll go before a Democrat judge who will say your cerebral cortex isn't developed. You get to go home in two years. And in the meantime, you'll send him, what, to juvie? Where he can, he can star in his junior disciple, gangster disciple program? Be the head of his class? That's what the hell you got going on there. And why? Because the people who are in charge of it are just as corrupt. Lori Lightfoot got half a million dollars from a law firm she used to work for. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Why? She would not get developer $5,000 a plate fundraiser. Why? Why would he do that? Because you're used to it. You're used to it. And now you demand it. And now you almost enjoy it. That's how you know you're in a Democrat hub. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, I loved your uh, interview with Schweitzer. It was excellent. Not oh, only did you get the detail that he talks about it, but I also like the way he finished it. He finished with being positive. Yeah. He, you know, he's not a pessimist. And it's about you got to get in the fight, and that's what you guys have on your uh, You have to get in the radio. fight, but you have to know what you're fighting, right? You know, this is my thing. Well, yeah, Listen. and you have to know where to fight. And you got to know you might be, not be able to change all of Chicago or all of Cook County, but you can change the, your little bit of heaven that you live in and have influence over that. Or, or, or you can change your circumstances. If you can't leave, that's what you do. Yeah. Right. If but you, you leave, can also yeah, leave. change but your you circumstances, can. and then you could call in from Austin, Texas, and tell people in Chicago how they got to become precinct captains. You could do that. See what I did there? Yeah, hey, I become a precinct captain <laughs> down here. But the I thing understand. is, you do what you can in your area. And that's right. But you must always identify the problem. You know, people say this all the time. Oh, you're, oh, you you're, you're, you're condemning. Perfectly. I am condemning the problem. And I am demanding a cure. And if it will not be cured, if the acceptance by the mass population, which is the Democrat mafia in Cook County and Chicago, they like it this way. And you know this, Kevin. They're going to well, they vote for anybody way. who's a Democrat. Republicans that are going on right now. So the Republicans. That's why you change the Republican Party from the inside out and the bottom up. You know, we got to call some. We got to get a call from some. Thank you, by the way, Kevin. You know, I appreciate you listening to the call. We got to get a call from somebody who was at that Cook County chicanery function uh i'd like to know what the what the insiders 
with the professional number twos, with the, uh, the, 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 uh, who, what's the guy's name? Not Pat Brady. It's another Brady, another, the fat one, not related to him, big fat guy Brady and Durkin. Him and they all got meatheads, his whole brother. They're lobbyists too. They, I'd like to know what their solution is. You're going to make some real advances? How are you going to do it? Well, we're going to put a Democrat in there. We're going to say he's a Republican. That's why at a certain point, you have to go to high ground. Now, if high ground is Elmhurst, go to Elmhurst. If high ground is somewhere else, go somewhere else. But ultimately, until you have people that are in these sewers, that are sickened by these stories the way I am, because that 15-year-old kid who got shot in the head twice for nothing more than looking decent and going to a military academy, that's all he did. Now, it'll be, he'll be an excuse by the time this story is over, by the pretend Chicago Police Commissioner Gordon in his costume, by the time his phony outrage settles, these two kids will be back out on the street, and now they got some credibility. Technology like license plate readers. Police also say the 16-year-old does have a criminal history, and he was wearing an electronic monitoring bracelet at the time. Superintendent Brown. Well, who exactly is monitoring the electronic bracelet? Is it just something they walk around with like an ornament? What happened to when they go outside, they get arrested? Hey, you guys are busy? Who's monitoring all that? Oh, yeah. Democrats. Made it clear that something needs to be done about this violence among Chicago's youth. Losing too many young people. Uh, and it's really saddening. You've been saying the same thing since you were auditioning for the job. And yes, I said auditioning for a very specific reason. You're an actor. You don't have any solutions. You prance around in your costume. You say the same BS. Get off your ass and do something. If you can't do it, call in the National Guard. Because that one kid who got shot in the head twice, he's worth a thousand of you. A thousand of you excuse makers. You corrupt bastards who pretend to be politicians. You're nothing more than bagmen, pay-to-play scam artists. There's another family, another neighborhood, another community left to pick up the pieces. Empty words that mean nothing. A word salad of excuses. Kind of the same one you get all the way up to 1600 Pennsylvania when you ask the dimwit professional liar. Not a single penny more in taxes. Yeah, there you go, you stupid bastards. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. You know, I think about my nephew, who's a Chicago copper. Think about all of his friends who I've had the pleasure of meeting, all the danger they put themselves in. They do their damn job, and they bring it to this peanut head, Kim Fox, and the rest of the Democrat mafia. Ah, let them go. Let them go. And you realize the futility in it all, the, the, the real kabuki theater parade this guy out. We're going to get tough. It's a real shame. Like, you're going to talk to these people, and they're going to say, okay, I'll stop gangbanging. I'll stop drug dealing. I'll stop shooting innocent kids. I'll stop. You made me feel so bad. I feel terrible. My conscience feels terrible. They don't have a conscience. And why would they? You've got a system that the worse you are, the more problems you have, the more incompetent you are at taking care of yourself, you just come over here. We got you. All you got to do is pull that lever and vote for any dimwit we put up there. That's the Chicago Democrat politics. That's the way, baby. It's never going to change, ever. Jeff New Lennox. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. You know, I seem to remember a case surrounding another certain Michael Brown years ago. 
why is it got, I get the eerie feeling this one isn't going to get nearly as much coverage? No, and then you know what's you know what else I think about? Do you think about the you think about his family? All the kid was doing was coming home from the academy. That's all he was doing. Shot like a dog, like like third world, like the killing fields in Cambodia. Same nonsense, only instead of getting killed by some government communist, you got killed by a local communist scumbag. Chicago's littered with communists. Like the, uh, the uh, what's her name, Anna? How do you say her name, uh, Bunny? Kochakian. I feel like I'm swearing. You sure that's not a swear word? Like I'm going to kick you in the Kochakian? It sounds like a swear word to me. This communist bastard, DePaul grad, very sophisticated, very educated. This is what... The city of Chicago is a Marxist, communist hub of corruption. That's all it is. And the rest of it's just one giant show, just one giant display. And when you go to your abuser for help, for mercy, for solutions. Should the DAs actually be prosecuting these criminals now? Police are doing their jobs, but it seems like the DAs aren't following through. But you know what? What I'm hearing you say is that we might need to have a roundtable. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing you say. We might have to have a conversation. No, 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 no. I want you to take the scum that are destroying lives and creating mayhem, and I want you to burn them at the stake. How about we do that? Let's do that. Who's going to do it? Nobody. Your only hope is they become a victim of some other scumbag. Stu Deerfield. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yes, you're there. Two things. One. Two things on other subjects. One, the pipe bomb that was in Washington. How's this? The pipe bomb that was in Washington, this is another spin on a small white deal, which will it will come. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was losing interest in that. You'll have to forgive me, Stu. I have ADD. And... I award you no points, yeah, and I, may God have mercy on your soul. more interested in staying on the topic, but this is how it goes from time to time. You're going to have to jump off topic, topic, and if we're going to jump off topic, let's see what happens when we uh, go to the professional layer, Pippi Lysdocking. They were never part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting, and we wanted to put... So, so, so the crack pipes were never part of the kit? Let me just make this sure, because you said you, you, said you were going to distribute crack pipes for racial inequality, and you were going to spend $30 million of the people's money to do that. That's not the case? They were never part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting, and we wanted to put out information to make that clear. What is in the safe smoking kit? Uh, a safe smoking kit may contain alcohol swabs, lip balm, other materials to promote hygiene and reduce the transmission of diseases. Like So $31 million, you put uh, chapstick in there? Who got that contract? And alcohol pants? I think you can get that free if you, like, buy a ticket on Spirit Air. HIV and hepatitis. I would note that what we're really talking about here is steps that we're taking as a federal government to address the opioid epidemic, which is killing uh, tens of thousands, if not more, Americans. Uh... <laughs> it's millions, stupid. And they're getting, getting the fentanyl through the border, the one that you refuse to pretend is recognized as a border. You pretend it's a turnstile to Disney World. Come on in, drug dealers. Bring it up to Chicago, where the end salesman, the retailer of that fentanyl, he gets rewarded for his crime. In fact, he barely even gets picked up anymore. Kim Fox makes sure he's back on the streets. Sure, he's got a cousin who wants to earn his, his bones, make his way up, and shoot somebody in the head, but that's okay. It's a Democrat sewer. It'll all be fine. And after all, 
we're going to make everything better because we're going to give you chapstick and cotton swabs. Every single day, week, month of the year. Uh, we put out this statement, though, because there was inaccurate information out there. Or I should say HHS put out this statement because there was inaccurate information out there. And we wanted to provide clarification on the allowable uses. We should defund HHS. You know, all those chants are very big with the Black Liberation Mafia, BLM, not to be confused with Bureau of Land Management. They're all big with the phrases. I mean, after all, look what they did to these cities by defund the police. Let's defund HHS. I'm in. For the HHS harm reduction program, it's not a change in policy. Uh, this program, though, is focused on harm reduction strategies, including prioritizing the use of fentanyl test strips and clean syringes. And all of these harm reduction services. It's all going to help. You want the problems to stop? Throw out the fracking Democrats. Everywhere they are, this is their idea of, of success. But they got nothing but excuses for you, baby. Uh, that will be supported by these programs are, are intended to save lives from an epidemic that we know is... It's going to be utopia. It's just a little bumpy for now. Little bumpy. But we're in charge. Economy's going to be better. Healthcare. Look at We've been working on that for a dozen years. Swimmingly. Doing great. Sure, it's up 400%. We're working on it, though. Who do you have working on it? The guy who can't get out of a room without a lit exit sign. He's going to take you to pleasure and utopia and America. Welcome to the USSA. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little Our next guest I have had the pleasure of being friends with for quite a while now. He's one of the few people I uh, knew instantly, was full of integrity and honesty, and he's a good-hearted person, even though um, he's dangerous to be around if he really likes what's on his plate. You want to stay at least a person away from him. He's David Hockberg <laughs> from Team Hockberg at Filmside Financial. How are you there, you chubby bastard? <laughs> Why do you give away my secrets? Now nobody will have dinner with me. No, they're fine. Just sit across from the table and, and, and just admire the look on his wife's face as she's in awe. Go ahead. You are doing a oh, noble thanks. thing once That's again. That's terrible. Yes, it is. Well, we're... We're trying, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show to bring a little sunshine to this and hopefully get your um, listeners involved in, in the uh, vestathon that we're having for the Chicago Police Department, uh, Chicago Police Memorial Foundation. I partnered with them and Alderman Matt O'Shea of the 19th Ward to raise awareness and $200,000 to buy uh, 400 bulletproof, bulletproof vests replacement vest for officers of the Chicago Police Department this Saturday. Where's the 19th Ward? Uh, that's Southwest Side. That's uh, the ward where the um, South Southside Irish State Parade goes through. It's kind of like um, oh, Mount boy. Greenwood area. You partner up with one of these Irish gangsters, Democrat gangsters. Is that what you did? Uh, at two, he's, David, he's, at two. He's a nice guy. He, yeah. he cares about his ward. He, uh, he's one of us. I know he's got a D behind his name, but All right. Matt O'Shea is a good, a good man. And he he's not related to that pumpkin head Daily Thompson guy, is he? Related to that dummy? 
Uh, Matt O'Shea is a great alderman of the 19th Ward. He's a good friend. He takes care of the All residents right. and the businesses in the 19th Ward. I'm all right, he likes he, li- he likes a good ribbing. I want uh, I want him to throw in a little bit of that walking around money. They get some money now. He could throw some of that into the fund. They got a, a million dollars at discretion. He's been very generous with his time and his and his uh, and his money. I mean, what is wrong with you? I'm trying to raise funds here. And you're going right. after Democratic all of it. I can't help it. In a, in a, I know dogs, you can't. Dogs got to bark. Back on the trail here, for the yeah. love of God. Dogs got to bark. Um, so my nephew is a Chicago cop. I love this. I'm very familiar with their costs. It's almost astonishing, isn't it, David? That here you you've got something that is a necessity that you mandate, and they leave these guys twisted in the wind. And you know, so many of them are. That's who's harmed by inflation. Are guys like that? Guys yeah, on salaries, 100%. especially if they're starting out. It's uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that you are doing, and uh, give it out one more time. Where can the people go? I'm going to give some yeah, money. Yeah, do it right. Well, now. I appreciate that. Basically, what we're doing, 100 percent of the funds goes towards the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation, which is set up to take care of the families of police officers who were either injured during the line, um, in the line of duty, or gave the ultimate sacrifice, died in the line of duty. And the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation made it one of their main causes that they are going to protect the police officers as best as possible and buy replacement police vests that have a lifespan of only five years. And they break down the material, the bulletproof material breaks down and, you know, due to heat and body temperatures and whatever. It's a five-year lifespan. And I spoke with four police officers, Sean, who are going to be calling into my show. Listen, I used to have a show there on AM560 for eight years. I moved it. It's now at GN Saturday from 10 until 1. And the and the sales staff and the management, Jeff Reisman, Zaykoff, and Jeanette have been unbelievably generous the past two weeks, allowing me to run complimentary spots. And you're very generous to have me on your show, and Amy and Dan are having me on their show tomorrow. I know it's a much smaller audience than what you're about to say, so I'll beat you to it. No. But, uh, you know, the entire station has been very, very generous uh, letting me broadcast this. 100% of the funds are going to the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation. They set aside over a million dollars of their budget to buy replacement vests. So every penny that we're bringing in from this vestathon, we're calling it, it will be able to reallocate those funds that they have set aside for vests to be put towards helping the families of injured and fallen Chicago police officer families. That's what love it's it. all about, buddy. And I love it. It's all about. So what's all about? I love it. I'm in. And here, for the people out there, because there are naysayers, because I get texts at my other station too. Oh, well, you know, don't compare this station to that station. You got nothing but dummies there. Here, you got good people. No. They're not going to make fun of you. Go ahead. Good. So if listen, any if five hundred dollars buys a vest, I'm not that naive to think that every one of your listeners have five hundred dollars. I'm well aware of the financial challenges that a lot of your listeners are having because I talk to them every single day trying to get them a mortgage. But if you can afford $500, great. Corporate sponsors, Raybine Paving, you know, put up $2,500. Gary, very generous. Joe Cotton Ford, Tracy Kahn, $2,500. Very, very generous. Total Weight Loss, I'm on the Weight Loss Program. They put up $5,000. Permaseal, Team Oxford, both. Wait a minute. Put up $10,000. Did you say you're on the Weight Loss Program? I'm down 50 pounds there, Slim. Are you you really? 
Yeah, you got to we got to see each other. We haven't seen each other. In yeah, a while. it's been a long time. Last time I saw you, my wife said, "Boy, he's good looking." I said, "Yeah, but he's built like a taffy apple." So I'm glad to see you're taking care yeah. of that. <laughs> I gotta get. I'll lift the restraining order so so we can meet. You know, so, right, so got some good. Walsh Walsh Construction, and you'll love this local one fifty. Take it easy. Leave the union out of it. I love Donate the guys. Like, love the guys. I don't like we, the management. Go ahead. Donated sixty four thousand dollars combined. So we've got some major corporations and. If I can just take this last bit of time here, if, yeah. if, if there are corporations out there that want to do, donate to the cause, cpdvest.com, you know, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, 2,500, five grand, you know, 10 grand, like Seal and I did, or come in with, with major donations like Walsh Construction and Local 150 did combined, 64 grand. You will get named and, re- and recognized during the show on Saturday. And everybody and every one of the over 11,000 Chicago police officers will be getting a list of all the donors that donated. And they will show appreciation because, as you know, Sean, the first responders are one of the most loyalist group of, of, uh, of customers out there for whatever it is. They stick oh, yeah. together and they take care of those that take care of them. So they do. everybody in the Chicago Police Department and their families will know who donated because they will, and they will reciprocate your business because I've been working with them for the past 20 years. They're very loyal and they appreciate those that take care of them. I agree. And I don't hold a grudge. I've been punched in the face by at least seven or eight of them. I still think (laughs) it's absolutely great. It's absolutely a wonderful cause. And I think you're wonderful for doing it. Hey, 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 can I ask you a question? When you went for that ride in the meat wagon, when they said, Hey, come (laughs) here, we're going to take a ride around the neighborhood and they, and they yeah. handcuffed you to the top rail. Did they have to yeah. bring in like yellow pages to get you up there in order to get you handcuffed? Or Buddy, you, I got I got some of the best stories you've ever seen. And I have a cousin <laughs> who's built like a like a Chicago Democrat. He makes me look tall. And they used to handcuff him to the very top on his tippy toes. And then when he got to yep. make his phone call, you know what he did? He ordered a pizza. I thought they were going to come in and beat the hell out of him. That's the kind of jerk this kid was. Great. Just absolutely great. Uh, and they take the, t- they take the corners doing 30. So you go <laughs> yeah, oh, Batman, yeah. Right? I've been done. Dropping to people's backyard. Knocking <laughs> down mailboxes. <laughs> I've been through all of it. Eight ways to Tuesday. But um, I want to get you. Well, I got you on the phone. Because, you know, I, I, I really enjoy your commercials, and I really do know how many people you've saved and helped and helped them acquire wealth yeah. and the rest of it. What do you think is going to happen when they raise the rates? What do you think is going to happen to the, uh, the, the, the mortgage uh, market? Well, here, I'll give you an example. Okay, I get this all the time. What is going to happen with rates? And I've been saying eventually they're going to go up. Well, guess what? It's like Tom Skilling saying it's going to rain in June. Okay, so um, August of, of 2020. The ten-year bond, the ten-year note was trading at 0.5. The thirty-year fix is at two and a half. In January of last year, well, hang on, hang on. January of last year, these are factual numbers. The, the ten-year bond was at 1.1. The thirty-year was trading at three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. January of this year, the ten-year was at 1.8, and we were at 3.75 to 3.875. We're solidly in the twos, and now we're going to start everything starting with the four. So. The, the people are still buying homes, Sean. You know that. It's crazy. I think this jump in rates has freaked people out. But there's going to come there's going to come a point where the money's costing more, and they're going to be able to afford less, and yeah. it's going to slow down eventually. It, it has to. I'm so worried that people. There's so many people that are unaware when they raise that rate. Your credit card is the first one to show. Oh, up. 
you know, and so many people don't know it. And, and you know, my advice is, you know, pay that stuff down because I don't think they understand the kind of volatile fluctuations that are coming on top of all of the costs. I think it's an economic tsunami. And, you know, I, quite honestly, I'm concerned for the future. I don't think they think things out when they try to help me. You know, that's the time you're going to get drowned. And uh, that's that's my biggest fear. But I know you got your finger on the pulse of it. I saw the tenure just today. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's over it's two. Of, it's it's up nine ticks today. And, uh, it, you know, it's on the way to three. And listen, the, the, I had a young man buy a condo last Thursday, okay? he, he, it, he uh, They did the inspection. It was a condo down, right? He had, it was below level, so they did the inspection. They found water. He backed out. We, you know, you know, we locked him into a rate, and I always, I don't like locking loans until after the inspection because you want to blow up a deal, jinx it by locking it before the inspection. Sure enough, he was insistent that you know we we lock it before. Got him a rate. He came back, bought another home Sunday because he blew up the deal on Saturday after the inspection. Came back Monday. Within that four or five per- day period, the rates were up a quarter of a point. No, just no. in that four or five for, from Thursday to Monday, right? We locked it Thursday morning. By Monday, when, when the rate the market opened up, he was up a quarter point. He's like, what's going on? You're screwing me. I'm like, listen, I, I told you we're in a volatile market. Yeah. The only positive thing out of, this, out of this whole thing is is that if you need a mortgage now, right, and we've seen, I've been doing this 21 years, you've been doing it a long time. When rates go down, they come up. When rates go up, they come down. So if you need a mortgage now, at, uh, what are you going to do? You're going to wait. I mean, waiting is not your friend here, Sean. I no, think you no, would no. agree with that. Waiting's never your time friend. is not your friend. Not your friend in this market. It's the enemy of all man. Up, yeah, and when things slow down, what happens? They drop the rates, and and you know to stimulate the economy. And there's just too much capital, you know, monetary in you know the the flow of money into this economy, and then the supply shortage. It, it's just crushing everything, and it, it will catch up to real estate. So, oh, if you're yeah, looking it's... to sell a home, yeah, Sean, if you're looking to sell a home, what, what would you tell your listeners? Is this any better time? I, uh, well, first of all, it depends where it is. The answer is no. And, and and here's the other thing: I never tell them to sell when it's in good spots. I tell them keep because uh, it's an inflation hedge. That's historically it's always been one, except in bad areas. And that's why you know I that's why I'm talking to you from Florida right now. But I will say this: I want you to know this because I know you pay attention to all markets. Right yep. now, the inventory where I am huh. is down 28% from a month ago. Yeah. There's no inventory. Yeah. So, you know, things are choppy on the horizon, but I do think people should really pay off their credit card debt. And, you know, there's a great way to do that, and that's call Team Hockberg. So, see, I got you a commercial yeah. in there. By the way, let well, me I- write the damn commercials. Do you know what a comma is? Have you ever used a comma? What the oh, hell is God. wrong with you? You know, I I got an 18 on my ACT, right? I took it three times. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't do I didn't do good on the uh, on the word stuff. What and and uh, and get a piece of paper because the last time when you did it on the Wendy's wrapper, I'm not reading that again. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Down 50 pounds. What? 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 what, what, You think you're talking to your wife? If you lost 15, I'll give you 10 dollars, 50 pounds. All right. Sure enough. Whatever you say. Go George, good thing George brings extra underwear to work if you ever need a pair, all right? Well, he brings you. it for a number of reasons. Wow. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Call David at Team Hockberg. What's the number? Uh, for the mortgage, 855-56-DAVID, website, 56david.com. If you want to help us raise $200,000 to buy 400 bulletproof vests, go to 
for Chicago, P for police, D for department, CPD, best, singular, cpdvest.com. And thank you for your $1,000 donation in advance, Sean. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I see what you did there, you jerk. All right, I'll see you later. (laughs) Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Interesting, interesting times. They really, really are, and you have an opportunity to show your kids, to talk to your grandkids about how you lived through the Marxist mafia attempted takeover of America. I don't think they're going to win. I think enough people are aware, enough people are disgusted, and enough people are sick and tired of being talked to like slaves. They're sick and tired of people who have been wrong for two years, who have been profiting on the backside, all the kind of fraud technocrats like Auntie Mary, Anthony Pickleface Fauci. I can't stomach the very sight of this moron. Did you see when they, um, you can find it online. America first with Sebastian. Where's Sebastian Gorka? Is he trying to sneak in? This is my show, Sebastian. Take your ass out in your silly voice and wait till I'm done. The reality is when they, when they um, did a... Uh, an interview with Fauci, they showed his office. On the wall is a picture of himself. I mean, come on. You're not Wayne Newton, Fauci. You look ridiculous. You're nothing but a two-bit bureaucrat. And by the way, you've been wrong. You've been wrong since you opened your mouth. In fact, the only thing you did that makes any sense in hindsight of COVID is that you were probably invested in the cure and the culprit. That's the way it looks to me. First of all, do you like that? proof of vaccination in public settings, and do you think it needs to continue? Well, you know, each individual jurisdiction, in this case Chicago, um, has made that determination. Uh, I believe that that is one of the important ways to keep the indoor environment safe. So when the authorities in Chicago make that decision, I support it. Because you're a statist, corrupt bastard. That's why you support it, not because you have a bone of integrity in your body or, in fact, you're an actual doctor. You're just a bureaucrat with an M.D. That's all you are. If you were a doctor, you'd realize the harm you've done. You'd realize the magnitude of failure that you've really given an example of that will last far longer than you, baby. Your name will be synonymous with incompetence, failure, fascism, and corruption. Oh, but it will, Anthony. That's all you're going to really be remembered for. That's why the truckers in Canada went on their display, their fight for freedom. That's why, from what I hear, there's a rustle here with truckers. Seems like people are getting real sick of fascists, real sick of corruption, and real sick of lies. There may be the need for yet again another boost, in this case, a fourth dose boost for an individual receiving the mRNA that could be based on age as well as underlying conditions. so It could be based on the fact it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It does nothing. You've been 100% wrong, which is why all of you fascist bastards are frightened to death. You're scared. You're terrified. Who are you terrified of? You're terrified of anybody who isn't vaccinated. I'm so scared, but I have the vaccine. I got the booster. I'm going to need another booster. I've got a 17% more chance of being likely. You're full of dung. You've been full of dung. This is your greatest weapon. Now all you have to rely on is what? Intimidation and threats? Good thing it's coming from an 
80-year-old, half-in-the-grave scumbag like Carville. All we should do is pass a, a law to make you immune from liability if you punch some ex- unvaccinated person right in the face. Here, I, I won't charge you anything. I'll pucker up, Carville. Throw your 80-year-old arm like your 80-year-old president. Let's see how you do. You'd snap your wrist like you were hitting stone, you old hillbilly bastard. You're another corrupt piece of dung. Which I'd really like to do. If you ask me when... You know, what's my first reaction to you if you, you, you're not vaccinated and, you, and there's, you don't have any medical reason not to be? You're a piece of shit. I feel the same way about a Democrat. I really do, Carville. You're a piece of dung. You really are. And be careful with the threats. Be careful. Because you're not half the man you ever were. You were never really a man. You were always just a political whore. Like Biden. Like Dick Durbin. In fact, where are the men that are Democrats? Who are you going to throw at me? Swalwell? Whether he's with Matahari, the Chinese whore? Who are you going to throw at me? You better be careful. You better be careful, Swalwell, because the people are sick of your fascism. Pretty soon they're going to figure out the corruption in it. Pretty soon you're going to bite off more than you could chew. The good news is the next fight you're going to have is with the Grim Reaper, pal. Have you got a mirror in the house? You don't look too good. 312 642 5600. We'll be back. AM 560. The answer. I have to say, I do not think history will be kind to the political fascist scum that were in power in American history. As they look back at the autopsy of what broke America before it had to rebuild, we'll boil down to the year 2020 and 2021 and 2022 in the Biden era. It will also expose the technocrat scum for the corrupt self-enriching, self-aggrandizing demagogues. They always wanted to be the fascists. From Anthony Fauci, Pickleface, to Gigi Sowen, who is soon going to take over the FCC and destroy free speech, put a nail in the Internet and the rest of it. And she'll, she's going to breeze through the Senate, just like so many other from the BLM, uh, the head of Bureau of Land Management, who was an eco-terrorist who spiked trees. This is what the Biden legacy The hypocrites is. scatter when I shine the bright light of reason. I'm Larry Everyone Elder. Is Join me to tonight at 7 hour, right here. Can you make Larry Elder go away? I love you, Larry, but wait your turn. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. You know, what really gets me is you got these Dr. Fauci's who lie and do his evil experiments and all this um, IRS bull only. But you know what really frosts me? It says, I was watching the, we were watching the political reporter on WGM, which your friend there, and they had Judge Evans on. He was interviewing him, and he says, you know, in light of what we heard earlier, you were talking about those kids who were shot, that the person doesn't know what they're doing because their brain isn't developed until the age of 25 or 26. That was one of the most stupid comments I have ever heard in my life. This guy's not a psychologist. Who's he to tell anybody anything? What do you think? Well, I think I think that unfortunately we have a system that has taken these bureaucrats and made them gods among men, and he yep. has no oversight, and he's the only judge you got to get in front of if you're a scumbag who just murdered this 16-year-old good kid. Well, the yep. 16-year-old bad kid will not only walk but will continue to be rewarded for the rest of his life. And his crime and his drug dealing and his skullduggery will lead to more money to the political whores that have sold out that, that area of Chicago. And that's the legacy of Chicago. But here's the thing. It's undeniable. Everyone knows it. 
That's why you have the mass exodus. That's why you have that disgust you feel if you can't leave. Because you realize, at a certain point when corruption is to where it is in these, in these Democrat strongholds, you are but a slave to their corruption, and you're, ho- you're helpless. Tammy Lombard. Hey, Sean. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Um, I was calling because I live across the street from Glen Marty's High School, and when I left for work this morning, there was a little protest outside my house um, for the school, Glen Marty's High School across the street. And I asked the lady what was going on, and she said that they think masks should be optional, and the kids want that, and the parents want it. So I just wanted to give a shout-out. She said they're going to be there from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. until they drop the mandates in the schools. So I love it. I think that's what people should do. I do. I think it's Yeah, and I said, she said, I hope we're not disturbing you, you know, because I'm a resident, and I said, Disturb away, make noise, whatever you guys do. And I was thinking of actually joining them tomorrow morning, and I hope some of your listeners will join. All right, it's at Glenbard East High School. All right, we're going to send some people over there. Thank you very much, Tammy. I appreciate it. And that's what they need to be. They need to be supported by Americans. That's where our strength lies, supported by Americans. There's only a small group of actual and total Democrat fascists. They've convinced and corrupted some of the population, but I still believe Americans will put up a fight when they realize exactly what's going on. And they will fight the government, and they will fight the church. Which leads me to my next story. Well, good afternoon to the both of you. The principal here at Queen of Martyrs was suspended after he made a decision about masks before the Archdiocese announced its decision. I mean, does anybody else find it ironic it's the Queen of Martyrs? While today is not the first day of school, it is the first day back for most suburban Chicago archdiocese schools with masks being optional. As expected, parents weighed their options and came to different conclusions. I think the children should be in school without masks. I don't think it's right that that we're trapped by a mask on our face every day. I feel more comfortable with him in a mask. Um, Maybe like in a couple months I won't want him in a mask. Um, That doesn't mean like I'm opposed to them not wearing masks. That's up to them. I feel great without the mask. That's our option. It's a choice. And so we will continue to wear masks. While the fight in favor of or against masking students has raged for months at schools and at school board meetings, it's taken on a special significance at Queen of Martyrs School in suburban Evergreen Park. What I did was what I thought I had to do from my heart for my kids and my family. I never imagined that it would have a, a, a greater impact than upon my school. Principal Doc Mathias told parents earlier this week the school would no longer mandate masks. He did it, however, before the Chicago Archdiocese announced its decision to make masks optional, with the exception of where local mandates are still in place, as they are in Chicago, Oak Park, and Evanston. So everywhere else it's optional. The Chicago Archdiocese, which is not really big on free thinking, they're really made up of dumb, moronic, corrupt followers. Sorry, boys, you just are. And that's why you have no pushback against a clear, corrupt Chicago gangster like Father Flager. He's in your good graces. But this particular school principal, he's the bad guy because he implemented a policy that the rest of the nation already had implemented. And he implemented it because he knew those kids, unlike the archdiocese, which was really instrumental in the pedophile underground. Yet here we are. That's why the best day 
of my kids graduating Catholic schools was that was the last day I ever gave these rat corrupt bastards a nickel. Not a nickel, you scum, as they protect Father Flager and other pedophiles they've moved about the world. In the meantime, they're looking out for the best interest of the kids by strapping on a slave plate, right, Archdiocese? Now, I know we get the Catholics mad. I've had the Mormons mad. We get all kinds of people mad. I say this as a former Catholic. I know the system. I was in the system. I paid for the system. And to be talked down to by these following Marxists in dresses is enough for me. Matthias was suspended with pay. Whatever the motivation was, however they arrived at the decision, I was just pleased and relieved. The principal, as of now, is still relieved of his duties. There have been rallies and calls from parents and students to get him reinstated. I don't agree with them putting him on leave. I hope he comes back. Homeschool your kids. Get them out of these bureaucracies, these corrupt organizations, whether it's the union-controlled public school system or so many of the parochial Real, real corrupt systems like the one run by the Chicago Archdiocese, which is a disgrace as they hide behind religion, a disgrace to Americanism, to liberty, to freedom, a fraud and something that works tirelessly hard not to help kids, but to harm them. My opinion as a former Catholic, 312-642-5600. AM 560, the answer. Got some good news for you. The law that went into effect that went before the Supreme Court where Texas said, hey, if the baby's got a heartbeat, you can't kill it. Abortions are down 60% in the state of Texas. 60%. Those kids were spared. Now, granted, some of their mothers and their rat bastard fathers drove them across the lines and went to the Illinois abortion killing field. But the good news is less kids died last month in Texas. I think that's something to be proud of. Mary Bridgeport. Yes, Sean, I'm probably off topic, but I just want to say when they talk about another child dead and all this remorse and everything looking out of the screen at us, I want to do De Niro. Are you looking at me? They're accusatory. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah I like that. I like, like that. They just look and say another one killed. Like, like what now? Because you know? ultimately when they raise your costs, when they raise your taxes, when they take more federal money and give it to the gangbangers who control the neighborhoods, it's because you're a bad person rather than them being bad prosecutors. Simple. So you think they are being accusatory when they do that? Absolutely. It's brilliant. <laughs> and it works. It's worked for 50 years. It well, works, right? The more people see that, they say, oh, what do, we, what do you need? You obviously need what? You need more money. Oh, we need more money. We need more programs. In fact, you can't give more money. It's not enough time in the day for all of the money that you've spent in those ghettos. But yet what really thrives there? The crime, the drug dealing. Why? Because the politicians refuse to prosecute the predators. In fact, they try to reward the predators. Doesn't work, Mary, but sooner or later they'll figure it out or they'll all be walking around with tan feet. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate the call very much. And uh, Democrats have a way of just lying about everything. You find out in Afghanistan. You remember that whole debacle? We don't have much time here. But um, turns out we got about 9,000 people there. Not 100. Not 50. It was pippy livestocking. 90. 
just the people that didn't want to leave. The chaotic and deadly U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan stunned Americans and the world and cost the lives of 13 U.S. soldiers. Now a damning new report blames the Biden administration for being slow to evacuate U.S. citizens and Afghan allies, according to an Army investigation first obtained by the Washington Post. One national security official saying an evacuation would signal we have failed. According to the report, three days before Kabul fell, Rear Admiral Peter Vasily, the top commander in Afghanistan, sounding alarms to acting U.S. Ambassador Ross Wilson. But another military official telling investigators the embassy needed to position for withdrawal and the ambassador didn't get it. Congress has now ordered a broader investigation. Ooh, an investigation. And Democrats are going to investigate Democrats. And they'll cover up the numbers and they'll prosecute the political opposition because they're not interested in putting each other or holding each other to account or putting them in jail or taking the necessary precautions to make sure it doesn't happen again. They're interested in protecting the Marxist mafia. That's what you have here. That's what happens in these municipalities that were once great cities like Chicago. That's what you have in the counties that were once great counties like Cook, and the states that were once great states like Illinois. This is the mafia protecting the mafia. After all, if they were to prosecute the criminals, there'd be no Democrat politicians left. Those are the real criminals. They make all these other criminals... Held harmless. Held harmless. In fact, they're in some cases victims. And all they need is a little bit more money. Who do they get the money from? The honest people, the hardworking people, the good people. That's a system that's set up to fail. That's a system I'm going to change. I don't care how much time I got to spend, how many crooks I got to expose. I'll do it. I'll be back in 21 hours to do so. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.